The struggle for breath and catching our breath has become a richly textured theme of 2020. From the onset of COVID and symptoms involving breath to George Floyd's cry out to breathe, to the gasping for breath as the Western United States burns, to our collective need to catch our breath as this year continues to unfold. Welcome to the breathing room, a space to discover the gift of a cleansing breath. I'm Lauren Hubelay, and in this series, I'll be inviting some of the smartest, most compassionate women I know, each subject matter experts in their particular field of natural health. Today, I feel so fortunate to welcome homeopath and Reiki practitioner Isabel Frankel. Isabel and I met when I was teaching a gymotherapy class years ago in Boston. And since then, our lives have crossed paths many beautiful ways. Isabel, thank you so much for accepting this invitation. Oh, thank you, Lauren. It's, it's yeah, so many ways, and I'm looking forward to so many more ways our paths are going to cross. <laughs> yes, <sure>. yes. So, <laughs> Isabel, I mean, here's the big question. How are you making sense of this theme for yourself and, and with the people you're working with right now? Mm. Yeah, you know, it just that whole idea of breathing means so much to me historically. When I think about when I was 10 years old, which is when my mother gave me my first instrument, my flute, and I played it for many decades, then put it down for 25 years. Um, and didn't come back to it until 10 years ago. And coming back to it with the background that I now have with all the breathing work that I've done changes the whole, just changes that whole music um, experience for me. So in 1991, my son was born. I didn't even realize at the time he was having trouble breathing because I had no experience with asthmatics in my family. And I remember he was 10 months old. I brought him to the doctor and they put him on all these medications. Mm -hmm. And I would lie awake at night. His room was right across from night and just listen to him breathe, making sure he was breathing okay. So that was my marker for being able to go to sleep was my son breathing oh. okay. And, but it's my son that brought me to this holistic practitioner that got me involved with a different way of looking at health and medicine. And that brought me to the study of Qigong and Bagua. And I ended up in 1999, I think my son was like eight years old at the time, I took this trip out to the northern part of California to do a breathing retreat with a Qigong master for a week. And we learned all these <clears throat> amazing, you know, breathing exercises and the Dantian and the importance of breath work and the importance of breathing into your energy center and I got really into it and <laughs> coming back on the plane I caught this infection in my lungs so when I came back from this breathing retreat I literally couldn't breathe for months wow. and it was the first time in my life that I experienced an asthmatic kind of wheezing that I never knew before so I remember that time I, I went to the doctor and she gave me an inhaler but I was afraid to take it <laughs> because I, I knew from my son that there could be some heart um, symptoms along the way there. So I actually never used it. 
I used more of the work with the traditional healers to get through that experience. But it, to me, it was so ironic that I made this trip and I did all these breathing techniques and I come back, I couldn't breathe. So there was definitely something symbolic. And I didn't think about that until this interview came up around breathing. It never occurred to me. And this was over 20 years ago. Wow. So it just keeps, the, the theme just keeps coming up and up, coming up. And now that I'm studying the polyvagal theory with you and, and having a deeper understanding of, you know, the inhale, the exhale in terms of the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, now I can understand on the days that I practice, there's this deep level of relaxation because I'm exhaling all the time. I have to do a lot of exhaling to play the flute. Yes. So there's that focus on that, on holding the breath and making sure you breathe in enough air so that you can hold that note. And that's all the exhale. So you're controlling that exhale really, really carefully and making sure that's going to get you through that note so the phrase won't, won't, you know, won't seem out of sync. So there's so much involved with breathing just with that instrument. Yeah. And the other piece of that, too, that just came up today was... So now because of COVID, when I'm practicing in person with, with my ensemble, I have to be the person that's much more distanced from everybody. And I, and I can't wear a mask when I, when I play, whereas the other players can. Of course. So that didn't really, that, that kind of hit home really recently. Like, wow, if I really need to be even more distanced than I already am at this point from people. And that felt a little strange, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm accepting it. So, the, you know, the standard is six feet. I have to be 10 feet away to make sure, because I'm blowing, you know, and literally there are times when I look at my flute afterwards and it's full of spit, you know, so <laughs> I don't want that to go on anybody. So there's that whole journey there between, you know, my son and myself and the music and what's going on right now in the universe. and. I've been looking really carefully at certain exercises that I can do for myself, but I can also share with my clients. So that kind of goes to the second part of your question. Um, what's it been like? Or what have you seen out there in terms of the people that I, that I work with? And I see not just COVID, but I see a lot of infections in the respiratory system. They could be bacterial, they could be viral, they could be fungal. Um, it could be, you know, an, an, allergic, an allergic response to something in the environment. Um, so I'm finding that that's sometimes related to the stress, but it's also, you know, it's all related, you know, so you can't sometimes even separate the stress from the environmental factor. But what I am finding is that homeopathic remedies, the GMOs, of course, are very, very helpful. But I felt like there was something else that I needed to put in there. And that's when I came across the alternate nostril breathing exercise. Ooh. Which, um, is this a good time to talk about that? It's always a good time. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I love sure. all Sure. So, I was listening to um, a Robin Murphy um, segment mm -hmm. about COVID recently, and I've always been attracted to the work that he does because he incorporates everything with homeopathy. 
know, the Qigong exercises, the yoga, the food, which is something that's very dear to me because I feel that that's so, so important. Um, so with the alternate nostril breathing exercise, I was doing it daily in the morning when I wake up just to kind of relax. I thought, oh, this is good to relax. But then I was digging a little bit deeper and it ended up connecting now with what you're doing with the polyvagal theory. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> Which is totally fascinating because what I, what I didn't know, I didn't read his notes much more carefully until just recently. So for example, when you're doing the exercise and let's say you're breathing through your right nostril, so when you're, when you're closing off your left nostril, you're breathing through your right nostril, you're actually activating the left side of your brain. So it's the opposite sides of the brain that are activated from the nostril that you're breathing through. So if you're activating the left side of your brain, according to that yoga can, um, tradition, that corresponds with the sympathetic nervous system. Okay. Okay. Let's go repeat this. Okay. Have, talk me through it. How okay. Okay. So let you're breathing through your right nostril. Okay, so I'm closing my left. So you're closing your left. You can close your left with either. I don't. I know they're supposed to do it with your right hand, but I don't worry about that. So, um, so okay, okay. So your your left nostril's closed. You're breathing through your right nostril, and you can just breathe in and out. We don't need to do the alternate right now. So, if you do that for a full minute, breathing in and out of your right nostril you are actually activating the left side of your brain, which corresponds to the sympathetic nervous system. So let's say you're getting sleepy and you're gonna to start to you know, drive your car. You do that one minute exercise and that will arouse you from that sleepiness because in the sympathetic mode, you're getting more active. Right, but that wouldn't be good if I'm feeling anxious and mobilized. No, then you go the other way. Okay. Then you close your right nostril, you breathe through your, your left nostril, and you're gonna activate the right side of your brain, the parasympathetic. I'm already feeling more relaxed, Isabel. Wow. So here's the beautiful part about this. If a person has trouble falling asleep, and I've tried this, although I don't usually have trouble falling asleep, but I tried it anyway. You lie on your right side, and then you take your right hand and you close up your, your right thumb, you close up your right nostril. So you're lying on your right side, you're closing up your right nostril, you're, you're breathing through your left nostril. That will help you go to sleep. Oh, listen, is, I wanna make sure everybody caught <laughs> that. So lie on your right side, you close up with your right hand, the right nostril. Exactly. And breathe yes. and and through your left. If you don't have a congested nose, right? Exactly. Yeah. Good point, because occasionally that does happen. And then you just, you know, you, you don't worry too much about that. You just breathe in any way that's comfortable. So maybe you can't do the exercise completely because sometimes there could be one side that is congested. So when that happens, I just try to take as much of a breath as I can and not worry about making it a perfect exercise. But knowing that when it is okay and not congested, that I can use that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I, I think that also would be a great tip for mothers to yes. share with their children. Yes. 
Yes. Especially if someone's woken up from a nightmare or or as adults today, where many of us are not sleeping as well as we should. And um, we're waking up with worries, whether they be financial or health or political. Mm -hmm. What a great idea, Isabel. Beautiful. So you can use it, you know, you can use the right or the left, but you can also do the exercise together. And this is this is the part that I try to try to do at least once a day, although it is suggested that it's done twice a day. And so if you want to balance both hemispheres, i.e. the parasympathetic and the sympathetic, then you would do the complete exercise, which would be taking in through your right nostril. We can go through it if you'd like. Yeah, of course, okay. Isabel. I'm not going okay. to leave me here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a way to balance the two hemispheres. And there's a lot going on here. There's, you know, there's the emotional piece, of course, and then there's the physical piece because you are, you're calming your mind, you're balancing the two sides of the brain, you're bringing more oxygen to both sides of the brain. So that helps with clarity, memory, concentration. Yeah. Um, and it's a way of cleansing the lungs. I didn't know this, but I was, I was also reading from Robin Murphy that 70% of the body waste is eliminated through the lungs. Yeah. I didn't know that. So this is a way of cleansing the stale air and especially from the bottom of of the lungs and there's also a belief in a lot of the traditional um, systems that when you can control or regulate your breath you can control your mind i don't want to think of it so much as control but more as just relaxing into it so isabel this could be ideal for someone working at home where there's a lot of distractions and i'm settling in i'm going to get my start my work for the day i want my nervous system harmonized, right? I want the hemispheres of my brain balanced. Yeah. So what a perfect ritual. Absolutely. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And yeah, it's it's great. In fact, you know, five minutes before you're gonna take an exam ah. or an interview, you want your mind to be clear, you want you want you want to be settled. Perfect to do something like that. Okay, so walk me through it. Okay. So here's, okay. So I like to start with my right hand. And so I'm gonna use two fingers. I'm gonna use either my thumb or one of my other fingers. I like to use the one next to the pinky. I don't know what you call that one, the ring finger? Yeah, okay. So, okay. So we're gonna start, we're gonna start with closing the left nostril. We're going to start breathing through the right nostril. So we're going to close your, yeah, exactly. So you're going to use your right hand. So you're going to close your left nostril, breathe through the right nostril, maybe for four counts. It's, you know, you don't, I would say do what's comfortable. Okay, so I just want for people listening, so I've got my right hand crossing my face, ring finger closing my left nostril exactly and breathing through the right nostril you take the breath in when the breath is in you close both nostrils now with your th yep exactly hold it for just a second or two and then let let it out through 
the left. Okay, so I've moved my thumb to my right nostril, closed that, and I've right. taken the ring finger off my left nostril to open it. For so me. you're gonna, you're actually, it, at that second, when you're holding your breath for that second, both nostrils will be closed. Yes, between the changeover. Right. And then when you're done holding, you release the left nostril and exhale. And then breathe in through your left nostril. Hold both nostrils, release the right, and then exhale through the right. And then breathe in through the right. Hold both, and then release through the left. very different from just doing the single dump. absolutely because you're doing both yeah. and five minutes may not seem a long time but when you're doing that for five minutes it's a long time oh, so absolutely. maybe it's not appropriate for somebody to start heavy duty start slow start low whatever feels comfortable wow. but it's it's a it's an awesome exercise I think it's really it's so powerful and it's so simple. <laughs> the, the, and you know what? That's what we need today. Simplicity. Yeah, we do. We all need to remember the things that we have right here, right in our homes, right in our body exactly. that we can work with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree with that. And I find that over a period of time, my body just wants it and needs it. And there'll be times during the day, I don't need to wait until the end of the day. If I feel like, oh, I just need a little extra energy right now, I'm gonna try this exercise and see what it does for me. See if it settles me down a little bit. It just feels like it's a tool that I can carry around. And, and, have, and I have suggested it with, to some clients and it's been, it's been pretty helpful. Wow, wow. Isabel, I have one question because I thought of this when you talked about your music and if there are people that are musicians listening, they might want to know this answer. How did learning about breathwork transform your relationship to your music? Oh, it totally transformed it, Lauren, because I feel like I was playing blindfolded before the breathing, um, before the breathing knowledge came to me. And so now, when I'm playing longer notes, 
it feels almost meditational to me that I can use that experience or I can take from that experience a much deeper sense of where this is going in my body as well. So um, I'm finding that it's just, it's very interesting where it's going musically because I can just now be much more appreciative for the simple things that I can do in music and not feel that I have to go for the more complex. But we're told that all the time, you know, constantly my teacher always tells us, play less, play less, you're playing too much, listen. It's about listening, listening not only to yourself, but to the others. So I'm finding by focusing on the breath, there's a lot of listening going on as well. Not just in terms of my ear, but in terms of the whole body experience. So for sure, it's been, it's, it's all about mindfulness too. I mean, breathing is about mindfulness. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is it's about going deeper. It's about going deeper, yeah. That's a big message for all of us right now. Absolutely. To listen, to be present, to go deeper. Yeah. And to also, you know, respect your limits. If I'm totally exhausted and can't play, that's okay. <laughs> I don't have to beat myself up about that. You know, because I know runners and people that do exercise tend to do that. You know, it has to be kind of, it's nice to have a routine and I like to have the routine. But if I can only do half an hour or 45 minutes instead of an hour or an hour and a half, that's okay. Well, sure. And, and that's compassion as well, right? And this is what I know Megan and I've been talking about a lot on the Exploring Polyvagal podcast is the more um, we know about our bodies and the more we understand, the more compassion we can have for ourselves. Absolutely. And for others, yeah. Of course. And, and, and I think in a way, having that experience of, of that asthmatic period gave me a sense of what it was like for many people that come to me and, and tell me what it's like when they can't breathe. And, and now I understand why, because I had never experienced that before. In fact, I was at a gathering the other day, a small gathering of friends, and one of my really close friends and former colleagues was having a breathing episode. And, you know, I just, I just put my hands on her back and did some very soft Reiki. And slowly but surely, she started coming back very slowly. Um, but it was, it was, it was an amazing experience being in that presence, being in the presence of somebody who was gasping for breath. I mean, how, how awful is that? I can't even imagine. So... I think the more the more we the more we go with this, I think the the better we're all going to be. And I'm I'm really glad in the beginning when you introduced this, how you all you tied that so well together, Laura, and all the all the aspects of breath that we're seeing now. Yeah, I think it's important for us all to have that experience and to have that struggle, so we can understand the struggles of our neighbors and our friends. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isabel, beautiful. I can't thank you enough for coming along and teaching that wonderful exercise. I think it will be a gift to everyone listening. Isabel, where can people find more about your work? 
Oh, sure. Um, my website um, is Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L, Isabel, homeopath.com, isabelhomeopath.com. So, yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so welcome. And if anyone would like to learn more about chemotherapy, head on over to my website at laurenkubelay.com. Isabel, thank you again.